Welcome to All Nations Christian Fellowship. Here's Pastor Clayson. Good morning. We are here at All Nations Christian Fellowship again, and I thank you very much for being here. And thank you for helping us to become a caring equipping church to influence the greater Vancouver area with God's love. So today we're going to have our second uh, message, uh, second message on the Easter series in this year. So uh, last Sunday, I think you remember, we saw about the relevance of the cross, and now we're gonna we're gonna see about fighting the stones. And uh, I want to invite you to open your Bible in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, the last chapter of the Gospel, verse 1. I will read through verse 8. Mark 16, verse 1 through 8. The Word of God says the following. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that, so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered in the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and, and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Dear Almighty God, this is a very important text of, the, of your word for us to understand. And uh, we need your help. We need your guidance. We need your wisdom. wisdom. We need your uh, discernment. We need everything that is necessary for us to understand your holy will for our church and for, for every, every one of us today. So please, help us. Come and, and, and bless us in the name of Jesus. Amen. I think you, you can see, you can realize that these women here, they, they really loved Jesus. It is interesting to know how they supported Jesus' ministry. And now when I say supported, I'm not referring to emotional and, and motivational support like they were saying to Jesus after every teaching, good word, Rabbi, keep teaching like this, and those people, they need wisdom. No, I'm not talking about this kind of support. The Gospel of Luke says that these women, they provided for them for, for the male disciples out of their resources. And the Greek word translated as resources here can mean property, can mean possessions, or any other kind of means. These women financially supported Jesus and his ministry from their own finances. While all the disciples ran away, except for John, 
these same women, they were there with Jesus and with Mary, his mother, at the foot of the cross. So let me show you how much they loved and, and, and believed in Jesus' ministry. Our passage says that they, they waited until Saturday was over. And you know that in ancient times, the calendar worked a bit different than today. The sunset was the end of the day, and the darkness after sunset pointed to uh, pointed the beginning of a new day. So, if we want to understand that in a precise way, we are here at church this morning on Sunday, and uh, if if we were living in Jesus' time times, our Monday would start today, right after sunset. They could do nothing before sunset. So they they waited for darkness to come, which would be our our Saturday night Saturday night, in order to go to the market and buy all the spices and other things they needed to anoint Jesus' body. And they risked themselves a lot doing that. They were well, they were a group of a few women, un unprotected, and walking in the dark in order to provide a, a worthy funeral for their master. But even more impressive is the fact that the work of preparing the anointment for some someone's body was not an easy thing to do. They would they would not be able to find exaction in a market like we do today called, um, I don't know, frozen anointment spices package. And do this in five minutes in a microwave and it's all done. No. They had to work hard. And because they were heading to Jesus' tomb very early in the morning, according to the Bible, they, they probably stayed awake for the whole night. Yeah, they didn't go to sleep so that they would be ready to anoint Jesus' body just after the sunrise. So the Bible says that those women, they really, you see, they really loved Jesus. They were, they were concerned of Jesus' body. They, they suffered with Jesus. They were, they were with Jesus during hard times, including and especially at the foot of the cross. But then, also, the Bible says that despite all this love, they could not believe in Jesus' word, words about his death and resurrection. They were... They were just going to the grace with all, to the grave with only one concern: who will remove the stone? Despite all this love, all this dedication, all this consideration, all this understanding they have about Jesus' words, they could not believe in Jesus and the words of Jesus about his death and resurrection. We've done everything we could, they would say. We waited for the sunset. We, we went to the market at night. We bought all the stuff. We prepared all the spices. We worked all night long. And we woke up early, early. Now, we come to the graveyard. And who's going to help us? Who will remove the stone? And then when they got there, they saw that the stone had already been... <sighs> Well, removed. Jesus had already been resurrected. He was no longer there. And this fact teaches, teaches us many things, but 
the main problem here is related actually to stones. And actually, uh, let me tell you that not the one huge and heavy stone at the entrance of the tomb, but all the stones at the entrance of, of our own hearts. Because you see, those, these stones, uh, these stones that are at the entrance of our own hearts, they are not clearly stated here in this passage, but they were a huge and heavy problem to both the disciples and all the women. And they still are a huge and heavy problem for many of us today. Stones that make us so worried, so worried, so anxious, so concerned about the least possibility of, of God's absence when we need Him most, about our inability to know what to do every single time we are confronted by a challenge. So let me tell you that we can find here in this text at least two very dangerous stones. And the first stone is what we can call the stone of incredulity or the stone of unbelief. You see, Jesus rebukes the disciples and the women because they were not yet ready to believe in his words. Jesus uh, appears to disciples. We can see that somewhere in the Bible. He appears to the women. He appears to the two disciples on the road of Emmaus. He appears to the eleven disciples who are sitting at the table and then uh, Jesus eats with them. Jesus rebukes them for not believing in those who had told them that they had seen Jesus. Now, their incredulity was natural. Think with me, Jesus died, they would say. Jesus died, I saw him dead on a cross. I saw the soldiers spiked his side with his spear and all the water and blood came out. I saw when they took him off the cross. I saw uh, and I saw that he was not breathing. I saw that he was not moving. I saw that he was not looking alive. I saw when they brought him to the tomb. I saw his burial. I saw, I saw everything about his situation and he was dead. And don't come now with this conversation about Jesus' resurrection because I cannot believe that what I saw is dead. And the disciples, they were so obscured by that sad reality, so unhappy. Their hope was lost. Their faith is petrified. And they are locked in a room, weeping their lack of hope, their lack of faith, their lack of courage, their lack of Messiah. And why did that happen? Why this tremendous lack of hope and faith in the disciples' lives? Well, because their focus was not on hope. Their focus was not on faith. But as we saw regarding the the women's the women in this in this text, their focus was on that stone at the entrance of the tomb. 
They cannot understand, they cannot see the stone of incredulity at the door of their hearts. They cannot understand and they could not see that the stone at the hearts at their hearts is much harder and much much heavier and much more difficult to get rid of, especially when you can't or don't want to see it. You see, you can take the stone at the tomb's entrance. You just need to call ten more friends and you do it. But how to remove the stone which is spiked, which is uh, stuck, encrusted in your heart? The only thing the disciples could think about was, I saw death. I can't believe the best is coming. Because in my situation, in my life, in my experience, in everything that I have been involved with in these days, death is real. Death is visible. Actually, death is my life. And you see, thinking like this, well, thinking like this, no one can't believe in anything or anyone, let alone in a dead Messiah, right? And yes, he was a young, nice guy, full of dreams and goodwill, but now he's dead, they would say. It. And I think you got a point here, my, my dear brothers and sisters. Many, many, many times we find ourselves at the same situation. Disciples, look, the disciples, they were not superheroes, just as we are not either. Most of the times we focus on removing the stones on our path, but we can't see the stones that are in our heart and we can see that those stones at our heart they are even worse we know we are restless because of our daily struggles we can even see all the people or all the situations that have caused us to be restless but we can't see the disbelief we can't see the anxiety we can't see the fear and anguish at the door of our hearts and that is why we sometimes are so critical. We are very critical with people and institution and any kind of strategy and any kind of idea and any kind of planning and any kind of hope. Because we are, we are able to see the outside, all those stones in our way, but we are not able to see inside the stone at the door of our heart. And that is why sometimes we fail to hope. We find strength only to mourn our pains. We see only outside stones and we cannot see what God is really doing or what God really wants to do within our heart. And that's why sometimes we're not able to, to believe that the Christ who rose from the dead, the one whose nothing and no one is able to fight against, we're not able to believe that He is our hope and He is our strength. 
And I think that you would agree with me that it is much, much easier to believe in, in God's miracle or in God's powerful action in others' life. But when it is me facing the battle, when it is me facing the illness, when it is me facing the problem in my house, when it is me facing the problem with my work, when it is me facing the problem with my bank account, oh, that's so difficult. Well, dear brothers and sisters, you need to understand that the stone of incredulity is capable of disrupting, disrupting your understanding about God in a way that he wants to have a relationship in order to show you what he and only he is capable to do. Why it is so difficult for all of us sometimes to believe. You see, with one simple word, the God you believe, your God, created not only our galaxy, but billions of galaxies. Why it is so difficult sometimes to believe when, when you know that your God, the Almighty God, is the Lord over heaven and, heavens and earth, your God, the Almighty God, is the God that nobody can go against His power and His authority. Neither angels or demons or human beings, neither governments nor rulers, authorities, or all the powers of this dark world or spiritual forces of evil, nothing and no one can be against your God. Jesus walked on water, Jesus calmed the sea, and, and the people were there, and they were talking to each other and saying to each other, even the winds and the waves obeying, what kind, what kind of dude is this? So why on earth we cannot understand, and sometimes we cannot believe that this is the same God, which is powerful and able to do immeasurably more than all we, all we ask or imagine. Why do we still have problem to believe? Well, maybe the answer is in the second stone. Because if the first stone we can see in this text is the stone of incredulity. The second one is, is the stone of fear. When I can't see that the amazing and wonderful God wants to take care of me, wants to, and, and appreciates in taking care of me, I have many problems with fear, and I'm afraid. You see, many people spend their whole life trying to find out who will remove the stones of their way so that they can go on freely, at least they think so. But because they are so focused on the, the wrong stone, since God is responsible for removing all the stones on their way, so 
they do not realize that by God's grace the tomb's, the tomb's stone has already been removed. God himself goes ahead of us, helping us and taking us by the hand and guiding us and showing us what, where and when and how we have to do what we have to do. So you need to understand that imponderable is in the hand of God. The impossible is in the hand of God. And if you believe in Jesus, your life is in his hands. And you will enter into this dimension of God's imponderable, God's impossible. But verse 8 says, The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because, well, because they were afraid. Now, it's hard to blame those ladies, right? If you remember, it was 6 of the mor six of the morning. They were in a graveyard. There was nobody there. And then when they, they have got to the place, there was no stone but a weird guy from nowhere showing the place where a dead body was, was laid down. And I bet... If, if angels appear here today in this church, even with white clothes and or well-combed hair, angelic voice, oh God, you say, I'm going to get a heaven out of here, right? Right? We have many fears. We are constantly afraid of future because of our limitation and, and because of our lack of opportunities. But the thing is, we are also afraid, and this is very important, I need you to understand that, we are also afraid of God's way of doing things in our lives. And that's because every time our concrete reality is confronted by God's power, we lose the apparent control of security about of what we know as our reality, then our journey becomes totally unknown and much beyond our capacity to understand. And we are afraid. Now, I think you understand what I'm saying. We are afraid of God's way of doing things with us. Now, let me tell you something. Fear is the fruit of a kind of madness that breaks reality and proposes some tremendous things in your life. The heart has its reasons which even reason knows nothing of. Blaise Pascal used to say that. Because there is much more in this world than you can explain by science. And don't get me wrong, I, I am a scientist myself. I am a historian. I am a social science scientist. So I'm not saying that science is not important, but there is much more to this world that you can explain with your senses. There is much more in this world that you can imagine. And that is why, yes, that is why you are allowed by God to believe even in the midst of fear and even using your fear to understand God's way of doing things in our lives. God's is so, God is so wonderful that we are are afraid of him many times because we do not understanding and we spend a lot of times we spend a lot of hours asking to God to send us a message and when he sent us an angel we are afraid of that 
but allow yourself to go and trust that God is going to do the best thing for your life. When you trust God, even in the midst of fear, because you're not, you're not sure of God's next step, but when you trust Him, you will enter into the dimension of a living God who reveals His power above the limits and above all the criteria of the concrete and the material that we can touch and feel. We are scared of God's reality because to overcome this fear I need a special and particular antidote which is nothing more than an unshakable faith in the Almighty God who manifests Himself among us in the way and at the time He wants. He knows how to do it, not me. He knows when to do it, not me. He is in control, not me. He is God, not me. And when I believe in the power and the greatness of this God, who goes far beyond the limits of my small little reality, then I overcome fear. And that's why you have to believe. And that's why you have to understand that God knows what you were looking for. Now, He wants you to know what He is looking for. God rescues, God touches, God interferes, and God changes. That's why He is risen. That's why He is no longer there in that tomb. And that's why you don't have to be worried and concerned about the, tomb at, about the stone at the entrance of the tomb. But please pay close attention to those stones who are at the entrance of your own heart, especially the stone of incredulity and the stone of fear. Don't not, do not allow them to stop you having a great relationship with your God. Let's pray. Dear Almighty God, we thank you so much for everything that you have done for us. We thank you so much for everything that you have done for this church. This is a wonderful place to be. This is a wonderful place to worship you. And that's why I ask you to bless all the families represented here in this church and all those families that you will be sending us. So help us to become a caring and equipping church to show those, people's, those people your love. We need you. We need your help. We need your help to, to show us, to make us, make us uh, wise and to help us to discern all those stones who are not only on our way, not only those stones we can easily see and get rid of them, but especially those stones who are there inside at the at the door, at the entrance of our own heart. Sometimes we, we, we don't know, we don't realize. But we need your help, Lord. Please, make us understand that. We need your help 
so that we can believe in you. We need your help so that we, we will no longer be afraid of you and we no longer be afraid the way you work in this world and your life in our lives. So please bless my brothers and my sisters here. We all need you. Be with us in name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope you you could understand that God really loves you and God really wants to take care of you. Next week we're gonna see the final, the third and final message about the series Easter 2019. God bless you so much. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. God bless you.